You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I'm really pumped about this episode. This is all about training. This is about mastering that level of fitness that we're all aspiring to, and somebody who is truly a representation of that is on the show today, so really pumped about that. I'm also pumped, it's game day for my son. His next football game, college football game, is coming up tomorrow, and I was just at his game last week, which was a great game. Came out with the W, but in the game, he had uh, you know, he had a few tackles. I think he had maybe three or four tackles, uh, solo tackles, couple of passes defended. He's a safety. Uh, but he came in, he was trying to get a pick instead of going for the tackle. But he ended up getting the tackle, but hit his leg uh, on the player in an awkward way, and he got a contusion in his thigh. All right, a little contusion. And that's one of those things where sometimes you just kind of walk it off, which he did. He took a player two off and got back in there. But he was feeling it after the game. You know, a lot of times when you're competing, and a lot of athletes know this, you don't really feel when uh, little things happen. You know, maybe you get scratched or maybe you get a little injury, a little, you know, a little bumper bruise, but you don't really know till later. And so he was walking pretty funny when he got back to the house that evening. And I was like, dude, you got to make sure that you massage that, you know, hit that ease magnesium on your leg. And he's been utilizing this for many years as well. And so he did that, applied the ease magnesium. And the next day, was like 80-ish percent better. He's like, oh, I'm good. Because I was kind of concerned, like, man, well, maybe let's not go where we were going to go the next day. He's like, dad, I'm good. And this just speaks to, and again, it's not that magnesium is an end-all, be-all, cure-all type of thing when it comes to uh, specifically muscle issues, right? So this was a muscular issue. But it is one of those things we need to understand is helping to regulate many processes in our body and many related to relaxation. And so part of the things to understand is that magnesium is related to that relaxation process to the degree that it's been clinically proven to help to deactivate the sympathetic fight or flight part of our nervous system and turn on the relaxation parasympathetic part of our nervous system. It's really, really remarkable. And also this got me thinking about what is likely the most important muscle in our body? It's our heart. And you got to hear this study. This is crazy stuff. Listen to this. The American Heart Journal revealed that magnesium is actually essential in counterbalancing the effects of calcium on your heart cells. Now listen to this. Calcium helps your heart muscle cells, your muscle fibers in your heart to contract. Obviously important. But they also need to relax. And magnesium is one of the primal, funny enough, the guests we have today, but it's one of the primal, primary drivers of your heart muscle fibers being able to relax. We need both of those things working together. And so what the researchers found was that uh, deficiency in magnesium can actually overstimulate your heart muscle cells. That's no good, that's no bueno. All right, so this is why magnesium is so important for our muscles and also this important muscle hiding behind your rib cage. All right, so, uh, Again, I've seen this time and time again. This is one of the things that I utilize. I have it by my nightstand. I keep it close to me. Ease Magnesium, been using it for at least five years now. And my son has this bottle as well. Your body can only absorb as much as it can use if it's put on topically. Taking an oral magnesium supplement, that's a whole different story. You can't absorb as much as you might need because uh, magnesium taken orally creates more moisture or water getting pulled to your bowels and it hits what's called this bowel tolerance and can cause diarrhea, right? So um, trying to get your magnesium levels optimized might end up in le poopy pants, and that's not what we're really shooting for, all right? Shooting for? Never mind. And so make sure that you get yourself a topical magnesium. Get the real stuff, get the good stuff, get the original Ease Magnesium, super critical extract, Dead Sea Salts. This is fancy stuff but you get it at a discounted fancy price, all right? Hit easemagnesium.com forward slash model. You get an exclusive 15% off of their topical magnesium from activation products, all right? So that's ease, E-A-S-E, magnesium.com forward slash model, 15% off. They're sprayable uh, topical magnesium, and also they have the deep soak that I put into, you know, when I'm, if I'm really, if I'm wanting to improve my sleep, like really get a good night's sleep, 
if I've been training really hard, they have the deep soak that you add to your bath water as well. And this goes back to just years and years of this anecdotal evidence, but now we have clinical evidence to the use of things like Epsom salt in a bath, but this is like taking it to another level. So pop over there, check them out, easemagnesium.com forward slash model for 15% off. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Great Well-Being Nuggets by Ladybug Lita. I heard you on Secret Success Podcast and immediately subscribed to your podcast. I have been nonstop listening to episodes. You really break down so many health facts that have helped me understand an issue I recently have been dealing with, high blood pressure. Episode 317 was one of the many episodes that was impactful for me. I have researched and read so many facts in reference to blood pressure, but that episode was like blood pressure for dummies for me. I have shared your podcast with everyone. Continue bringing us these great nuggets for overall well-being. Awesome, Ladybug Lita. Thank you so much for sharing that review over on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so very much. And listen, if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. And just whatever platform you're listening on, please leave a review if you're able to, or if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment after you watch the show and let us know what you thought about the episode. And I think you're really, really gonna love this one. So now let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Today, we're talking with one of the most influential people in fitness online today, and his name is Eric Leha. But a lot of people don't know him by his real name. They know him as Primal Swolger. And he's just really just taken the game by storm online with his really creative and innovative workouts. But you'll be surprised to hear that it's really layered with a lot of intentionality and a lot of intelligence to not just provide people with some cool workouts to do and really help them to train and develop you know, muscular fitness or uh, mobility, things like that, but also recovery and sustainability. And you're gonna hear him say, longevity several times throughout this episode. And he's worked with professional athletes, um, as well as everyday folks, as well as you know everybody from college students to folks who are senior citizens. I've seen in there personally working out with Eric at Onnit headquarters. And what's so great about it, he's sharing all of his knowledge and his great stuff out there on social media, on Instagram. So make sure to check him out and follow him. I think you're gonna love his style and his workouts. And he's just got a huge heart and a lot of knowledge and we're gonna jump into this conversation with the incredible Eric Leia. But you know what's so funny, man, is that I've been to gyms literally all over the world, and I can't tell you how many times I might be out at a gym with the Onnit shirt on, Yeah. and somebody comes up to me and they're like, hey, do you know Primal Swelter? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm telling you, it's happened like yeah. at least 10 times. That's and awesome. I was like, oh, you mean Eric? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where did where did the name come from in the first place? Where Primal Man, Swolger you know, that's kind from? of a funny story. I remember I used to hate social media, man. Like, like I always had kind of like social anxiety, you mm -hmm. know, so I didn't like posting anything out. I didn't like want to be like an open book, yeah. putting stuff out for people to see and you know, get into my personal life. And But then I became a trainer at Onnit mm. uh, like five years ago and our... Uh, the head coach at the time or our head of marketing mm -hmm. was like, man, you coaches need to really hop on social media and market yourself so we can- Isn't the head trainer, isn't that your brother? Uh, yeah, but at the time we had this other guy. Yeah, my brother's the GM there at Onnit yeah. Gym. Yeah. And that's, he's got a whole another history. He's the one that really like influenced me to start training mm -hmm. in, uh, in his ways. Uh, but when it came to that Primal Swolger name, we had this guy, Mark DeGrasse. He had this magazine. Yeah, I know Mark. Yeah, man. you know cool, Mark? Man. Yeah, he's yeah. super cool. And so he had a lot of really great ideas when it came to building up the brand, yeah. building up the gym. And he's like, Eric, you need to market yourself. You need to get on social media. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. Like, I hate taking selfies and like <laughs> talking about myself. But he's like, no, you got to do it. I was like, all right. Well, kind of being like trying to go against the grain yeah. i was like man what's the dumbest thing that i can think of like what's the, the silliest <laughs> the name yeah. yeah at the time yeah. we were selling uh primal kettlebells right. and we were super into the whole primal thing because joe rogan was all about being a savage yeah and so i was like all right primal it's got to have primal in it you know because i'm with on it and then i was like oh, no, i want to be like swole you know something that's like you know, I like to get my pump on, you know, work on my physique, but something that's also demanding and tough. 
like a soldier. Oh, soldier. That kind of <laughs> rhymes and that kind of that kind of fits. I was like primal soldier. I thought it was so silly, dude. And I, I even took it up with the marketing team uh, at on it, and I was like, "What do you guys think of this name? Check it out, Primal Swolder." And they just <laughs> laughed me out of the room, man. They thought it was the, the silliest thing, uh, but I just stuck with it, and people—that's what well, people know me now. Yeah. As like they'll be like, "Hey, what's up, Primal? You know, like I really dig your stuff." I'm like, "My name's Eric, man. You know, <laughs> thanks." It's cool though. I appreciate you know all the support I get from everybody. Yeah, that's yeah, dope. super cool. So dope, man. And even when I I just saw you guys walking in and I was honking my horn, <laughs> and I was wondering if he's probably thinking like somebody's about to yell out "Primal" <laughs> or "Swolger" or something. Yeah. But yeah, man, true true story. Several times people have come up to me and asking. They don't call you Eric. It's Primal Swolger. That's yep. like you primal are that person. Swolger, you primal Swolger. Primal. Yeah, not like a lot of my friends don't even. You know, know me as my name. Yeah, everybody calls me Primal. That's it's, crazy. That's the way you know social media works nowadays, yeah. man. You know everybody by your like online interactions. Yeah. You don't really know their real name anymore. That's you know, unless true. you're really close to people. Yeah, you know, it's like everybody's like uh, that guy Ross. That everybody knows him as Just Train. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, my friend Jay. JTM Fit. That's his mm. name. You know. Yeah. You know, you really got to get close to people to know their real name, but. It's cool though, man. The community online—it's, it's super inspiring to, you know, have any kind of support anyway. So yeah. I don't—I don't get mad about it. It's just—it's beautiful, yeah, man. Yeah, it's cool. But you know, and this is the first time I thought about this, but that has happened to me a lot. Yeah. And like it was—I was taking my son, my older son Jordan, for it was a senior prom, like going to get his tux, yeah. and then he bumped into some friends of his, and they're like. Dude, it's Sean Model. It's Sean Model. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they, you know, because they, you will follow me or whatever it yeah. is. And I'm just like, I'm Sean. You know, yeah. like what is it, anyways? But yeah, man, that's that's really funny how that happens. Yeah. But speaking of people close to you, mm -hmm. you know, you got your brother who's in fitness, and you know, you're the youngest in your family. Yeah. But so I'm wondering, like, take me back to baby Swolger. All right, like younger Swolzer, yeah. like when you were a kid. So were you always into fitness? Like how did this kind of get Not started? Not at all, man. I mean, I always appreciated, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. My dad was always super swole, super fit. He was a truck driver. Mm -hmm. So he had like these swole forearms. He used to lift all the time to stay swole. And my brother picked up after him and my uncles and they would work out all the time. But growing up, you know, I looked up to them, but I was still not into fitness. I was... A fat boy growing up, man. I used to like eating, like, uh, like McDonald's and Wendy's, Taco Bell, playing video games. Like that was, that was my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Just being a little chubby kid. But I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I always thought to myself, man, I'm I'm in elementary school. I don't gotta worry about being fit. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. I'll grow into myself later on. My mom was, my mom always loved me. She gave me everything I everything I wanted. You know, I mean, I was pretty spoiled growing up. I was the youngest. And we're, I was pretty far apart from my older brother and older sister too. She was, she's like seven years older than me. And my brother's about eight, almost nine wow, years. Yeah. yeah. So I was definitely the the baby in the family. So I got. That's like my two sons. Right yeah. There. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, I just like eating fast food, playing video games. So I was I was a hefty kid. But then you know, going into middle school, I kind of kept up that pace in sixth grade. I was, you know, I was doing all right in school, but I still like playing video games, eating what I wanted. And then I remember uh, going into the summer before seventh grade, I was going to try out for football and kind of start kind of trying to step my game up. But then my brother and my sister started really like making fun of me, man, like just talking crap, saying, oh, man, like when I was your age, I was already holding hands and kissing girls. And man, you're fat. You're never gonna have a girlfriend if you stay fat, and I'm just like thinking about having a girlfriend now at this point. You know, I'm like, what? Yeah. Like that sucks, nah, man. Like, so I started running, started working out right after sixth grade, but it, it definitely got to me. You know, mm, made me yeah. feel insecure. That sibling, yeah. that sibling psychology. <laughs> yeah, man. dude, they messed yeah. me up. But you know, I'm grateful for them for pushing me to to get after it because I lost a ton of weight. Yeah. I ended up getting like super shredded before seventh grade. Did football, obviously. You know, doing the two a day trainings got got me super shredded, but uh, I didn't really like football. I ended up, uh, I did like a year of football. It was great, um, but then I remember leaving, going into eighth grade. I was training to go back to football 
and I was in like the best shape. I remember everybody used to call me Roids in, in middle school because I, I was like so swole, you know. I had my dad's genetics, so I had like these crazy forearms where you could see all the definition in my arms. I was a new kid at this middle school. I walked yeah. in and then I sat down next to this kid and he's like, man, what are you on, bro? Do you drink protein? <laughs> and he's like, I can see all the form, all the muscles in your forearm. It's nuts. And so that like boosted up my confidence. And I actually took up martial arts training. I started doing jujitsu, kickboxing, and that kind of became like uh, my hobby uh, mm. in school. So that's how I kind of really got into unconventional training. Yeah, uh, a lot of the stuff that you see with uh, kettlebells and steel maces, like slamming tires, and more like real world applicable, like functional type techniques. And so that's how I kind of fell in love with with training. Um, but you know, before that. Uh, I was kind of struggling to kind of come into my own. Yeah. Uh, even like when I was training for martial arts, man, like I remember I, the first couple weeks I stepped into the on the mats doing jujitsu and kickboxing, everybody was beating me up, man. Like everybody. I had like I thought I was swole and I thought I was tough. I was like, man, I'm in shape. I can beat I can beat these people up. And everybody in the gym was mopping the floor with me, dude. And I was like, what I'm the training that I'm doing, it's not. It's not really applicable, like doing curls and bench press and these like, you know, single plane motions aren't really like translating mm -hmm. well to the the strength that's needed to actually like fight yeah. and do a, like a sport. And so that's when I kind of realized that bodybuilding type aesthetic training was good to help you look good, but it wasn't good to help you actually perform well. So when I started training with some of the pros, seeing how they were doing their training with kettlebells and mm -hmm. unconventional stuff, I got a lot better and I started mm -hmm. really falling in love with martial arts and unconventional training. Yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Because you got the firsthand experience of mm -hmm. seeing like this push-pull, you yeah. know, monotony doesn't translate very well over into yeah. this, you know, very dynamic exactly. area, right? Yeah. And so, but we're seeing this now in all kinds of sports where they're not just doing the typical push-pull, mm -hmm. even those, those things, again, like the great four power, the yeah. great four, you know, certain things, but this, this concept of functional training is just like taking over. And so one of those tools and implements that I think you're really widely known for, and again, I'm just thinking back to one of the people that came up to me in the gym, yeah. like, do you know him? Uh, and um, he, they, he had just come back from taking a kettlebell certification. Oh, nice. And so this implement, you know, this kettlebell, which again, you know, it's been around for a long time, but you are one of the people that's really popularized it yeah. because it's so dynamic. There's so much you can do with it. Yep. But so I want to ask you, when, when I first see the kettlebell, I'm just thinking, like, there's not much that you could do with this. Yeah. Like, how can you train your whole body with this one tool? Well, man, there's, you know, the possibilities are endless. It's literally just a weight with a handle on it, you know, and the and that's the cool thing about it, too. There's, you can grab it and grip it in all various positions, so you can add load to, like, different positions that you wouldn't normally be able to do with, like, a barbell, maybe with dumbbells, mm. um, but it becomes a lot easier to do, like, different transitions adding load to different movement patterns that that are like super uh functional and that translate well to to sport mm. and like different martial arts and stuff um, but i'm not dissing like normal traditional training that's all stuff that i still do i still build a strong foundation i build maximum strength with barbells dumbbells and i still like i said i like to work on looking good too you know i, I want to look the part but also move well and feel good so i still work out uh, like the traditional lifts and like bodybuilding routines but i make sure i balance it out with mm -hmm. stuff that's helping me move in different ranges and positions so that i'm pain free because i really notice man when i'm not mixing it up and i just like because i'll get into my like my my patterns where i kind of go back to just doing bodybuilding routines because i'm starting to see some good results and i can see the difference and my physique is transforming but then I kind of get stuck in that for uh, like too long to where I stop doing the unconventional stuff and like going through different phases that I feel aches and pains. And it's not that's when I realize, whoa, 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 got to go back to the drawing board. And I really got to stay well-rounded because, mm -hmm. you know, it's doing well-rounded routines that keep you uh, that increase your longevity so that you can keep performing at your optimum levels 
and still seeing results. Because if you're just hammering yourself into the ground all the time with heavy lifts, heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, bench press, you know, it can take a toll on your body. You know, because the whole point about the training that we do is to stress our bodies. But then, you know, the the real reward and the results come when we recover. Yeah. You know, so part of recovery is, and recovery is like active recovery, is doing movements that take you out of your mundane uh, patterns that you're just repeatedly stressing your body through. So for me, it's all about mixing it up and staying well-rounded. Yeah. So with that said, um, one of the other things that we would come up against with the typical, you know, push-pull, Mm-hmm. you know, um, squat mentality, which again, those things are valuable. Yeah, you just pointed out valuable. that, you know, you're not dissing that. Yeah. But it's the fact that your body ad- adapts, mm-hmm. right? You know, so you're, there's like diminishing returns that takes exactly. place. And so adding in these different implements and different movements, different um, slots that you can put your body into. Yeah. Because I remember even in, you know, high school football, that we were supposed to like put our legs in this one position to do squats. Yeah. And just like, but in real life, like when you're on the football field, your legs are never in this one static position. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one of the things that's really interesting about it. And you mentioned the word, you said transitions, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got this implement that you can do these transitions with, which is what you call these kettlebell flows, Kettlebell flows. So like, what is that exactly? It's just basically like a complex movement, you know? I like to call them flows because it helps me get into like a state of flow where I feel like, you know, I'm just in the zone. And um, I mean, you could do that with, like I said, other lifts too. But for me, it's a lot more fun and engaging when I can mix up various different movements that... They're not just like whimsical, like I'm just dancing around. That's cool too. You know, you can mix it up, dance around, free flow, and really assess where your body's at. But there's also flows that you can put together that can help you build strength, help you uh, work on muscle gain, getting shredded, mobility. You know, the possibilities are endless. It's all about, you know, your foundation, you know, the movements that you know right or know how to do correctly, and then putting them together uh, with smooth transitions uh, that and uh, proper techniques that like you can uh, transition between positions a lot easier and a lot more holistically so that you don't hurt yourself. You know, because flows can be dangerous, and if you don't have the correct technique, mm-hmm. um, it's it can be bad for you. So that's why, you know, when I teach my workshops and courses and my clients and classes, I always make sure I build people up with the fundamentals before we start doing anything fancy. Um, But a lot of the stuff that I do online, a lot of the fancy things, that's like 5% of what I actually do. It's just, it shows you what you can do. You know, like any, if you ask any professional uh, athlete or uh, lifter, you know, they're they're not maxing out 500, 600 pounds every day of the week. Not even, maybe not even once or twice in a training cycle, which is like six months, you know, they really like, they have this line where you're kind of pushing the limit, but you try not to step over that line. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about training under, like, for example, if you have, let's say your training is like a ceiling, it's a roof, you know, you're trying to raise the roof little by little. You can't raise the roof by getting on top of the roof and trying to lift it up, you know? That's yeah. not how it works. You know, you want to get That's under. That's like that dude. There was like a, a, a meme where these guys are trying to push the truck out of a ditch. Yeah. And then there's a guy standing in the truck who's pushing against the back of the truck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I see I see that analogy. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about, you know, slowly pushing that edge. Yeah. And so to really, you know find the movements where you're able to do all these crazy things where you see me doing rotational snatches and these crazy movements that are, you know, impressive. Uh, you have to own the foundation. That's where 95% of my, my, my work is. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, you know, I'm just doing boring stuff all the time. You know, simple doesn't have to be boring. Yeah. You know, you can crank up the intensity with, uh, with different uh, tactics yeah. and, that's how you know you really earn people's respect is by putting them through a workout that's not all over the place and crazy where you're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at, at somebody yeah. to where they don't learn anything. Yeah. You know, it's all about showing them the things that are simple that they can take away and really apply to their training and get better from. And yeah. from there they respect you as a coach and they appreciate you taking the time to 
teach them something that's actually going to benefit them and help them reach that level where they can mix it up and have fun in all these crazy positions. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, the kettlebell is awesome because you can do, like I said, whatever you want with it, but you need to build that foundation first. Yeah. Man, I'm glad that you said that because, you know, there's a lot of trainers and aspiring trainers who listen to the show. Yeah. And one of the things that I would see, you know, I spent two years as a trainer, um, is people having this idea, like they're com even clients are coming in with this concept of what it looks like, right? Yep. Which is like you sprawled out on the floor, like in a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, a pool of your own yeah. sweat and urine, just like that's the greatest workout I've yeah. ever. Just like you are literally, that is the exact opposite of what you want to achieve, yep. right? We want to give people things that are effective, yet they are not destroyed because yep. what you're doing when you take somebody new through something like that, you're literally connecting this neural association between training and pain. Yeah. Right? That's and not so good. <laughs> that's not good. That's not good because the human psyche is driven to avoid pain mm -hmm. and to move towards pleasure. Yeah. Right? And so, like, let's give people a, a, a safe and smart on-ramp, yeah. you know? And that's one of the things that I think is often overlooked in the training space because we want to show people how much we know. We want to yeah. throw a lot of stuff at them yeah. to look smart and to be too, too complicated. Right. Yep. When in reality, the place of a trainer is giving smart programming and personal attention, like paying attention to yeah, the person. Right. For sure. So um, I got to ask you about this, man. Um, if you could just give an example of like when you mentioned the transition or flow, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Yeah. For example, one of my foundational be like well, what I would consider like a beginner kettlebell flow. Mm -hmm that I love to use for myself literally all the time. Mm -hmm. I still use it because, yeah. like I said, 95% of my training is foundational movements. I'd like to do like a single arm deadlift yeah. from the floor with one hand on the kettlebell. Forces me to kind of fight rotation, work the core to prevent from rotating. Mm -hmm. So it's great for the core, but I hit that deadlift, great for the legs. I put it back on the floor. I'll do a row to like light up my lats and initiate this pulling movement that I then kind of conditions a clean mm -hmm. so then i clean it i pull it into my rack position from there i like to hit a squat all right and then a press so basically i get all the fundamental movement patterns right. in one uh one exercise you know yeah. so it's a great way to kind of like i said when i build people up i would take somebody through that by doing just single arm deadlifts for like a five reps and i'll have them do just rows mm -hmm. five reps cleans five reps five squats five presses once i can see that they own all those movements they own those positions boom we put it together it's fast paced it's fun or you can slow it down own every position own every rep get a squeeze you know isometric holds you know there's all kinds of ways to intensify it and make it fun yeah. and for me man it's all about making it fun yeah and have like staying engaged with your training because if you're just doing the same things all the time. Not only is your body going to get bored, get tired, and possibly result in injury, but you're going to get bored mentally and probably not want to come back to the gym or, or train with that trainer because you're always doing the same stuff. So, you know, I know I'm saying to, you know, focus on the fundamentals, and but you can still focus on the fundamentals with uh, exercise variety. You know, you can still focus on doing a, a back squat or a squat pattern. You know, instead of doing back squat all the time, Give them a break, do a front squat or do a belt squat. You know, there's all kinds of varieties you can introduce or kettlebell squats mm -hmm. that are going to help you, you know, uh, keep you moving forward and progressing in those movement patterns without having to get used to it and develop, like hit a plateau or, you know, result in uh, compounding issues in your body that can hurt you over time. So for me, it's all about mixing it up, but staying true to the fundamentals and you know, it's all about balance. Yeah, you know? yeah. I love that, man. And it's also, it's a thing of beauty when you put all the pieces together, mm -hmm. like you just described, you know, yeah. seeing you do those flows. And this is something that people, you, you can learn from him. Like people can actually learn from you yeah. because you train people online. Like you've got your online courses. Yep. And you also, of course, like you teach workshops, like you're here in town doing one. That's how we got together yeah. today. And uh, where can be people get information about those? You can go things? check out my website at yeah. ericleha.com, or you can just go to my Instagram, Primal Swolger. It's usually the link in my bio. Okay. Uh, I have like workout programs that are kettlebells, barbells, dumbbells as well, kettlebell only, body weight stuff, 
and I have I actually have a kettlebell course where it's like over 150 videos of pretty much all the kettlebell techniques that I like to do explained in full detail. So it's a great way to, wow. if you can't make it to a certification or a workshop, you can learn online. That's dope. Uh, but so. if you want to make it to a certification, I teach for on it. You know, we have a really in-depth two-day seminar where we take you through all the fundamentals. Me and uh, Coach John Wolf, he's my mentor. He's the one that's taught me a lot uh, these last few years. And uh, but I also teach a one-day workshop, which is what I'm doing here this weekend with my girlfriend Francesca. And that's where we combine kettlebell flows and animal and body weight flows together into a really fun, cool experience. Yeah. yeah. Let's, we're going to get to the animal flows in a second because, mm -hmm. uh, but I just want to take a step back. So Coach Wolf, John Wolf, that's my guy too. Like yeah. he's, he's taught me stuff, you know, like Dude. whenever I come to on it, that's who I work with. And so that's, that's incredible, man. But you just honestly, like you took things to another level with the exposure that you've given on it, you know, like it's this is a really it's a world class facility, but people really know that there are world class teachers there. Mm -hmm. And no matter where you are, like you don't have to fly to Austin to get this training. Mm -hmm. And so that's Eric Leha. That's L E I J A dot com, yeah. and people could check that stuff out. And of course, like check you out on social mm -hmm. media as well. That's yeah, Primal Swelter. Sure. Um, and so this particular workshop and this training technique, this is something I saw. You know, I see you do online as well. Is these animal flows. And even the name of it sounds yeah, dope, sound, you sounds know what I'm cool, saying? Huh? But so what is what is that exactly? What's that look it's, like? Uh, it's like a body weight type training that takes inspiration from uh, all kinds of different uh, like arts, like capoeira, breakdancing, uh, yoga. It's, it was developed by Mike Fitch, uh, the Animal Flow System. So I actually got to train with him uh, yeah. on a few, uh, several occasions. I actually took his certification twice. And got to hang out with him at, on it. We had him come teach at workshops at our facility. But man, he's he's a beast when it comes to movement. Uh, he spent a lot of time developing the animal flow system. So learning from him, I adopted his training style and kind of you know like I take like I do with anything you know like when I take a new workshop or certification, I try to absorb uh, as much as knowledge as I can from all these coaches and you know add what I can to my my arsenal and then ex try to expand on that and uh, kind of add my own style to it. Mm -hmm. And that's what my girlfriend Francesca does too. And she's able to teach those animal flow techniques with her own little flair to it, yeah. which is super inspiring. And she actually keeps inspiring me to keep practicing with the body weight stuff. Cause I mean, do like, not to say that guys only like lifting heavy weights and, you know, smashing stuff. Uh, I like to do that a lot, you know? Yeah. So sometimes, she helps me really stay focused and realize, hey, you're obviously your back is hurting, your shoulders are hurting because you need to keep mixing it up. So let's do some animal flow together and let's do some recovery, you know, take a day off and let's just flow and do some body weight. And so that's why it's a really great synergistic uh, effect when we come together and teach these workshops. Yeah. You know, because I, I provide that hard style training with the kettlebells and she's a good balance with her animal flow techniques you know the animal flow is all about owning different body weight positions that have like this really animalistic style to it you know you're like doing these kicks that look really beautiful and you do like these beast positions on your hands like a quadruped position that you kind of step your feet back and sit back you look like a like a tiger jumping forward launching kicking it's like super super fun uh but super challenging just because you know, hardly anybody spends a lot of time on their hands and wrists doing yeah. body weight movements besides like push-ups. Yeah. You know, right. so when you're trying to do all these crazy techniques on the ground, trying to look like an animal, uh, you got to learn how to be one too by spending some time, you know, being being a little savage on the ground, mixing it up. Mm. You know, you can't, it's hard to kind of just jump in there. So that's why, you know, animal flow is becoming really popular because, you know, people are seeing that it's like, it looks cool, and but if you want to try to look like that, you really have to spend some time yeah. on your mobility and on not just lifting heavy weights all the time. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Man, that's so good. And I, on it, from my perspective and just being in this space for so long, I think that this is probably the most important thing is just mastering your body. Yeah. You know, just being able to move within space and having this body awareness, you know, mm -hmm. and I think it translates into so many areas of our lives, 
but it really even translates into our longevity. You know, this is something that people tend to lose as they get older, you know, it's proprioception and just being aware of your body in space. We need to train for that as well, especially again, we're just doing one type of thing or we're yeah. so distracted in our lives and we're, you know, uh, sitting a lot more than we normally would through yep. our evolution and just all these different things. Um, training like this and really learning how to use your body, because if you've got a body, you've got a gym. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so that's what's so like remarkable that. about it, man. Mm -hmm. And so I think, again, like this is for me personally, the most important form of training is body weight training. Yep. And these animal flows like take things to another level. Yeah. And Francesca's here in the house too, hanging out with us, <laughs> which is dope. And so, but you guys getting together and bringing that synergy to what you're doing is something really special. And so guys, if Thanks, you can man. come to one of their workshops, make sure to do that. Again, check out ericleha.com. And um, another thing, man, you mentioned there's different components in there, the, the capoeira, for example. Yeah. And it just got me thinking about because uh, Francesca's shoes reminded me of a Bruce Lee movie. And yeah. then it reminded me of Tekken, you know, the yeah. video game Tekken. You know, there's a character on there, Law. And so I know some people are going to be like, yeah, I know Law. <laughs> but he's got like the Bruce Lee vibe to him. Uh, but there's yeah. another character on there that does the capoeira, Eddie. <gasps> Eddie, Eddie yeah. Gordo, bro. Eddie Gordo. Oh, he's so the man. <laughs> what's just so and literally, I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I am. You know, I'm undefeated with Eddie. You know, like <laughs> my kids can't stand it when I get Eddie. Uh, it's just not awesome. fair. But what was so funny, we just played it a little while ago. And then that night we wa we watched a movie, my wife and I. And, you know, this was not a, a family film, by the way. Yeah. And it was Shaft. It was like the, the uh, new Shaft yeah. with uh, Samuel Jackson. And then, But he's got his son in this one. Oh, that's dope. And there's a scene where his son is like a little tipsy. And somebody, and he Shaft thinks his son is just super soft. Right. Yeah. And then the guy's trying to fight him and he's just he's doing capoeira. But no, I, nobody knew except me. I'm like, uh, <laughs> and he just like kicked the dude's butt. He looked like he was just dancing. Yeah, you know, cool. it was like beautiful. He was flowing. Yeah. And but, you know, it was like um, this form of training that I think slaves were doing mm -hmm. um, that looked like dancing, you know, yeah. but it was like this sort of martial art, you know, maybe there weren't necessarily slaves, but just people who were oppressed, Yeah, you know, and like creating art, you know, so so many different types of martial art and training. Mm -hmm. And that's something you've been utilizing as well as different types of training for mm -hmm. many years. So what, what did you do with that? Like getting into um, like mixed martial arts, was that like when you first saw UFC, like did this become something that just kind of flipped the switch for you? Man, when I first like saw like UFC, I was still in my, my zone of trying to be, trying to get a girlfriend. Uh, it goes back to <laughs> right. my my brother and sister making fun of me and yeah. telling me I'm trying never going to hold gonna... hands, man. Yeah, trying to hold hands. Uh, so I saw these UFC guys, you know, I thought they were the manliest thing. I remember Gladiator came out around the same time. Mm. I was like, Maximus. Yeah. He's, he's the man. He's, Are you not in the team? Yeah. So I, like, I want to be like those guys in the ring, in the cage. They're like Maximus. They're like Gladiator, like modern day Gladiators slaying each other. And they're so jacked and in shape and like they can whoop anybody on the street. And, they, you know, I just thought it was super dope. And then I got more into it when I actually met these people for real, these professional fighters. I, I got to train with them and I realized, man, like they're some of the coolest, most humble, nice people I've ever met, you know, because it doesn't when you get beat up day in, day out or you beat other people up, you learn to respect each other and realize that, you know, you're not it's not about being tough. You know, martial arts, it's about having respect for your opponents and. You know, getting in there and mixing up your techniques and yeah. trying to apply what you learn, not just trying to kill somebody. But yeah. that was something I was still learning at the time when I had my my first and only uh, MMA fight. It was an amateur MMA fight. I had all this training. I thought, you know, I was I was calm and collected. Mm. But I remember going into the cage. They locked the door on us, and I was just like, oh man! It's like all my training just got thrown out the window, bro. And then I saw this kid, this other guy's looking at me across the cage, and we just we go toe to toe. I remember I, I laid some some good ones on him, and I, I caught him pretty good. And it looked like he was about I was about to knock him out, so he started running away. So I'm chasing him down, trying to finish him as hard as I can, but I ended up dude, blowing my load. I was tired, bro. Yeah, I lost yeah. all my energy trying to knock this kid out. That going into the second and third rounds, I was dead tired. I was like literally just trying to survive. Mm. I was getting beat up. I was taking some nasty shots. It looked like a 
like a Rocky movie. I was yeah. just trying to stay alive. I remember I was actually felt like I was knocked out standing up. I saw like tunnel vision. Mm. But I remember thinking, man, my mom's here. My dad's here. Yeah. I cannot fall. I convinced them to be all right with me fighting. If I get knocked out in front of them, they're going to be so pissed. It's going to be so yeah. embarrassing. You know, obviously that wouldn't, they wouldn't probably care, but that's how I felt. Yeah. So I'm going to stack my bones, even though I feel like I'm out. I'm going to stack my bones and I'll recover. And I recovered, ended up finishing the fight, took the guy down, had some ground and pound. But I remember realizing after the fight, I was like, man, like I got a long way to go. Yeah. You know, I like the adrenaline took over. I, you know, it's like I wasn't calm and collected. And I took some time off, and it wasn't until like another year and a half after that that I took up another a kickboxing match at on it. Mm. It was like a, it was like a sparring event. So Whitney, uh, I remember of, this. Yeah, yeah, she was fighting a local MMA fighter who had a ton of experience. So she spent a lot of time training, getting ready for that fight. And so they asked me to be a part of it. I was like, all right, let's do it. I jumped in there, man. I remember thinking to myself, I have to stay calm and collected. Yeah. You know, I have to just relax and not let my adrenaline take over and get too aggressive. And I ended up doing way better in that fight. I was able to mix it up, have fun in there, do some cool combinations, kind of trick the guy with some feints and then land some cool kicks and combos. And that was when I finally realized, like, man, this is it's not just like fight like a death match. Yeah, it's right. a, it's a skill. It's a it's a game. It's something you need to like stay calm for and stay in that flow state and kind of, you know, be able to stay focused and have enough energy to not, you know, just blow all your energy in the first round trying to kill somebody. It's all about staying calm, collected, and, you know, using the techniques that you've been working so hard to learn. And so I've been able to take that mentality and apply that to my my training and mm. fitness and with my coaching and clients. I'm not just trying to kill my clients, you know, like we were talking about right. earlier. I'm not trying to smash them into the ground. You know, I'm trying to ramp them up, build up their conditioning, uh, build up their strength, add some skills, you know, show them some dope skills so that they can keep progressing forward. And with these skill training, they appreciate, you know, learning something new and they're able to, you know, take those types of training and train on their own, yeah. you know. So my goal is not to have a client you know, with me for life and have them constantly depend on me to work out. I'm trying to give them, you know, actionable and valuable information that hopefully one day that they can train themselves. Yeah. Uh, but like we talked about earlier too, you know, if you develop a relationship with somebody and you become their friend, they still come back, even though they can do the workouts on their own at this point, they don't need you anymore. But since they respect you so much and you're, you're basically like friends, they'll, they'll keep coming back. And so that's how you can run a business but also affect somebody in a positive way that they actually keep getting better. Yeah. And so, man. you know, it's, it all comes full circle, you know, from martial arts to, uh, to training people and everyday life. You know, it's all about staying calm, collected, and not just letting your emotions get the best of you. Yeah, man, I love that. That's such a great story, man. Um, one of the things that jumped out in the beginning of the story, I just want to come back to, you mentioned meeting and spending time with a lot of these fighters, you know, mm -hmm. these athletes. And again, we have this idea of what they would be like, you know, just like, um, you know, they, there's like salivating. They got like rabies, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> saliva coming down all the time. You yeah, know? some of them do, man. You know, but, but the ones who are, who have longevity yeah, and the ones who have happiness outside of the ring. Yep. I was just with the fighter uh, last week and he was talking, it was so, and it was my first time meeting him. He was talking about honor and patience mm -hmm. and love and integrity and all these things. Yeah. And li li literally, this guy is one in his space when he was fighting one of the top three in the world. Wow. And to hear these things was really like, yeah, you know, this mm -hmm. there's a different there's a different level there, you know. Yeah. And so that I'm so glad that you brought that up because being a warrior in our lives is not just about being able to smash and destroy everything. Mm -hmm. It's about being able to put the right amount of pressure in different situations, yep. right? And having that patience and all the things that you learned along the way. And I see that in your work and how you're applying things and, and how you're teaching. And so I want to ask you, because I, this is that secret sauce, you know, yeah. like there are countless people online 
you know, in the social media space, for example, talking about fitness, teaching fitness, mm -hmm. but there's something that you're doing that's making you stand out. So what do you feel that is yourself? Uh, keep it real, man. You know, like it's all about, you know, keeping it real, but also listening, you know, to people, listening to what people want and, you know, giving them what they want, but also giving them what they need, <laughs> you know? So mm -hmm. I know people want to look good. They want to get swole, you know, look shredded for the pool, the beach, you know, whatever. But they also need to feel good and move well. So my, you know, my secret sauce is making sure that although I'm giving them these crazy techniques, these fun looking uh, kettlebell flows, I still show them some mobility flows, some decompression techniques, some foundational movements that they can apply right away and start applying to their to their routines and making a difference in their their training so it's like i said it's not just about smashing people it's about caring about them and making sure that they have longevity yeah. so that they can keep performing you know you can't just keep training hard 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 you know just keep putting out uh videos and content that's just super hardcore training it's about having a balance uh, a balance to it so that you can you know show more about what you really do and who you really are and what mm. you really do and how you're able to attain those results that you're at and able to keep training at that intensity. Mm. And it's not just training hard all the time. It's, you know, being real with people and telling them, Hey, it's not about, you know, these crazy techniques all the time. It's also about recovering and getting enough sleep, eating a good diet and working on active recovery techniques. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on it. We're really big on, uh, durability training you know it's all about doing decompressive exercises and body weight movements that help you release tension that you might build in your in your normal day training so mm. we're all about longevity and performance you know longevity first mm. love it so one of the things too and I, again i i don't know if you are cognizant of this but like you give so much as well, like that's one of the things that's really remarkable. I'm not saying that a lot of people do this, but I think a lot of people are worried about it, about giving yeah. away their workouts and their best stuff. Like, yeah. is that a part of it, nah. what you're doing? Because um, you, you give so much. It's like, is that something you're intentionally doing? Uh, man, what I, the way I like to look at it is, you know, workouts and exercises, you know, there's, there's not only so much variety, you know, nobody has the secret workout. You know, there's only so many different ways, you know, same soup, different bowl. Everybody's got their own secret sauce. But at the end of the day, for me, it's all the same stuff. And people are going to get it either from you or from somebody else. So instead of being like stingy with your work and being afraid to give away all your tips, uh, I like to just give it all away so that people see that I care, I have value. And it's not just about my knowledge, but about me as a person and you know like I'm, I'm a giving person you know like I like to give give a lot you know and hopefully it comes back to me you know like that's what we like to talk about uh, like I remember Aubrey used to tell me this a lot it was about the law of reciprocity you know the more you give give without expecting anything in return usually it comes back tenfold um, I remember before I sold anything online uh, I, I just put out a bunch of free videos free content and when I finally asked for, for money or I sold the product, I had a ton of people buying the product and some of them didn't even do the course or the program. They just, they sent me an email, hey man, I loved all the free stuff you shared with me in the past and you know, just to support you and show you that I appreciate it, mm -hmm. I'm gonna buy your program. That's awesome. You know, and so, you know, it comes back, you know, the stuff that you put out. And what I like to teach a lot of coaches, even though I'm a young coach, you know, like I feel like I have a lot of experience. So I like to tell a lot of other people is, you know, don't be afraid, like especially when you're trying to pick up, for example, like if you have a classroom full of clients and you see somebody kind of struggling and then they kind of they approach you after class and they ask you for some tips. And, you know, that's kind of the time when we like to tell our coaches, you know, that's a way you can kind of upsell them and sell them some sessions. So because they probably need some private training and they can't you know, you don't have a lot of time to give them that one-on-one -on -one attention in a large group setting. Mm -hmm. And so instead of being afraid to, you know, when you're doing an assessment, being afraid to give them too much and too, too many cues and techniques, give them everything you know so that they know what you're all about. Yeah. 
you know, so that they see your value and see that you care. You're not just trying to make money, you know? Yeah, man. So awesome, man. So one of the really cool things, so I met you at Onnit, at yeah. Onnit HQ uh, in Austin, and it's really an outpicturing of a lot of different pieces of health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember going there the first time, it was pretty much just a warehouse, right? Yeah. And then now, but it's this world-class gym, The new, they've got the nutrition. So there's this, you know, place you can get smoothies and, yeah. and stuff like that, which is amazing. I, I think I was there when it first opened and I like did some videos for the team there, you know, yeah. for Aubrey and those guys, like behind the the counter, like I was making something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But what's so crazy is like, there are a lot of other gyms that are, have this concept, you know, got their smoothie bar, whatever, you get your pre-workout, but it's not the same. Mm. I just went to, because, you know, we just moved to LA, I went with my son to a gym that shall remain nameless, <laughs> and they've got their smoothie bar, and they got their different supplements up on the counter. My son was getting one to get a pre-workout drink, and when the pre-workout, it was called Total War. Oh, that wow. was the name of it, Total War. I think I've seen that. And there was a warning on it. <laughs> Right, it would lit it literally was like a warning, like this will definitely <laughs> cause you to have a heart attack. Like you have a you know like ninety seven percent chance of dying from this yeah, workout, dude, right? Brutal. Total war, and so and then the guy behind the counter is just like, yeah, you know, he's like recommending like you know this one if you were serious, you know, <laughs> and you know say, but obviously he didn't get that one. But the the thing is like. Everything at on it is like it's earth grown nutrients. Yep. It's coming from real food sources mm -hmm. and you know, organic sources whenever you guys can. Yeah. And it's just something that like it resonates with your body. Everybody it's so crazy when you go in there, it's just like, why does everybody feel good? Right? You're just happy and mm -hmm. like this there's just great energy there. Yeah. And it comes through the food, it comes through the training. So I wanna talk a little bit about the um since, you, since you're here, mm -hmm. the different tools that they have, you know, oh, because yeah. you guys have really helped to push this into popular culture. Yeah. So obviously the kettlebells, but then you got like the primal bells, right? Yeah. And then, cool. so let, what about the the clubs? Yeah, we got clubs, things? steel clubs, which are, it's like a bat-shaped uh, weighted tool. And we have steel maces. Steel maces are super popular because it looks like a, like a Viking like sledge or like a hammer, but it's a, a long stick. Mm -hmm with a weighted ball at the end, a sphere. So all the weight's concentrated at the end. The bar is almost weightless so that when you're doing training, you can do like curls, the offset load mm -hmm. really intensifies the exercise. You can do swings behind your head that are really great for shoulder mobility. We have our kettlebells, obviously, battle ropes, and the steel clubs are really great for shoulder mobility as well just because, you know, you're, and the, the grip, you know, it's like stuff the, uh, I think it was like, Iranian or Iranian wrestlers would use like for I think thousands of years ago, you know, they have the their Indian clubs, what mm -hmm. we call them. Uh, but we have steel clubs. The Indian clubs are originally like massive wooden clubs. Right. If you look up YouTube videos, these guys are swinging around like hundred pound clubs. Uh, but that's, that's our right. version of a, you know, it's a steel club. We keep them nice and light. We just work on you know, good form and technique. Um, but it's really great for mobility. And actually, we might be coming out with this uh, body weight durability and steel club durability type training just because all the techniques you, you can do with a club, they're really great for, you know, doing like external rotation by gripping the, the club, the, the weighted bat. You're able mm -hmm. to like externally rotate and do spirals around your head that really like condition all the fascia around your shoulder joints, your elbows and wrists that can be tight a lot of the times from, you know, being in this position, typing all yeah. day, you know, kind of doing this external rotation with weighted clubs yeah. that are not even that heavy. You know, you can take a 10 right. to 15 pound club and you can get a really tough workout um, that's not just challenging uh, for like burning calories, but really great for mobility. Yeah. Same thing with the steel mace, you know, the counterweight, really great for activating the core. And it really, it's a really great assessment tool to kind of see where your, your imbalances are at. You know, mm -hmm. if you're like trying to hold this mace and you feel your joint, your like shoulders starting to shrug, your overactive traps, you know, you can really kind of see where your body's at and see what other areas you really need to, to work on with your other type of training, like dumbbells and barbells. So really great assessment tools, but they can also be challenging workouts. We right. actually, on it has these six week programs that we sell online. The steel mace is one of them. And it's one of our most popular ones just because 
besides being this, you know, new, fun, and exciting tool that is really great for core because of offset, it's actually really great to mix up in uh, all kinds of techniques, and it's really fun. Man, I'm just, I'm literally having a flashback, you know, like you, because again, like I think I'm strong, and then you use one of these tools. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the first time when I used the the steel mace, it humbles you, like yeah. because your shoulder is like there's, it's the most mobile of all your joints. Like there's mm-hmm. so many different positions yep. that it can be in. But again, we're typically training like yeah. one or two yeah, positions. Yeah, we're always just going overhead. You know what I'm saying? Or, or in front, yeah. you know? And so to have a tool that is engaging so many different mm-hmm. parts of this muscle and this joint and these tendons, it's just like it it wakes your body up yep. in a different way. But of course, like that's why you start, the the weight is very light. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, this is too light, man. <laughs> And you know, you almost fall over, you know? Yeah. And uh, when I worked with John the last time, John Wolf, it was um, the steel clubs. You know, he's teaching me some stuff with this. And I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> and I'm just, at the end of it, I am like, mm-hmm. because also it, your brain too, you know, it's, I, and I, I'm just going to point this out for folks. If you've ever noticed this, no matter how fit you are, if you do a different type of workout, you yeah. find that you're sweating more, like it's mm-hmm. just harder. Right? So much harder on your nervous system. It's your nervous adapt system. To something new for sure, man. That's the thing, you yeah. know. So it's really cool, man. And so, by the way, guys, we're one of the only places this show where you can actually get ten percent off all their training equipment yeah. too. So, and I've got I've got the collection, you know. I've got the primal primal bells. I've got the steel clubs, and um, so go to onit.com forward slash model. That's o n n i t dot com forward slash model. You get ten percent off every piece of fitness equipment, and also their supplements, their foods as well. My cabinets are stocked with Onit stuff, Onit goodies as well. I often give these away to friends, like yeah. especially the MCT oil, the emulsified MCT yeah, oil. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so High we just quality. moved in. Got my, you know, gave it to my neighbors, you know, because nice. it's love. It's like love in a bottle, you know. <laughs> so pop over there, check them out on it.com forward slash model. And dude, there's so many things I want to ask you about. Um, but I, I definitely, while I've got you here, um, so you just mentioned you guys are possibly going to have a body weight and uh, uh, steel, club, steel clubs. Durability training. Yeah. Like a six week program, I think they're thinking about doing. Okay. Yeah, so that's gonna be a great program you can do after you're like you're gone you've gone through a cycle of intense training where you've really pounded your body into the ground and you can take like six weeks, you do the whole program or just do some of it where you incorporate, you know, use that block to just focus on durability. Yeah. And focus on giving your body a break, giving it time to adapt to that hard training you put it through and while still staying mobile and still staying active. Yeah. For me, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how many times a week do you train? You know, I train every day. Doesn't mean I train hard every day. I don't go hard in the paint every single day. I sometimes just take a day to move some steel clubs and steel maces around that are lightweight, uh, low impact, but keep me moving in different ranges and positions and really active recovery for the hard training that I did during mm-hmm. the week. Um, because, you know, it's hard for me to sit still. And I'm always trying to have fun, innovate the exercises, and yeah. mix it up. So it's a great way to just do some low-impact training that's still really beneficial for yeah. durability. That's what I wanted to ask specifically, and you just went into it, which was like the importance of switching things up. Because mm-hmm. just like with all of the different tools and the things that you have a level of mastery, why would you even bring this tool into mm-hmm. the equation? You know, and Like you said, like getting out and going to different certifications yourself and learning yep. from the best people in different areas. Um, if you could just speak to that. I mean, you've been touching on it throughout the episode, yeah. but like the importance of switching it up. You know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, if you were trying to focus on longe- longevity, you know, you, you like the, when we train, you know, we're, con- we're, we're stressing our bodies. Um, usually, you know, we're trying to make it positive stresses that we can recover from and make gains. Uh, but sometimes, you know, through repetitive movement, we can develop some negative stresses that over time can add up and result in injury or pain, yeah. you know. And so to try to avoid pain or possibly injury, you know, it's good to add exercise variety and different movements that you're not going into. Like if you're a power lifter or a uh, weight lifter and you're constantly having to do the same movements, you know, it's highly recommended to you know, not stray away from your program if your goal is to, you know, 
compete. Uh, but after you compete, taper off, take some time off and do some stuff that's good for your body, you know, because, you know, any any sport, you know, we're asking these athletes to push their bodies to the limit. You know, it's not about, um, you know, taking it easy. You have to perform at the highest level. So you're going to have to push your body. Um, all we're asking is instead of, you know, not, you don't have to add this whole other program to your training routine that's going to take away from what you're doing. Just, you know, on your days off or your recover on your recovery days, add a couple different moves in there that are low impact and can help you move in different positions that you might be lacking in so that you can, you know, not hurt yourself. If you run into that position when you're on the field and you're not familiar with it, you know, if you're in this awkward shin angle and your ankle hurts, you blow out your knee because you've never been in that position before. If you're able to train in that, that, that movement every now and then with light load, low impact, it can be a lot, a lot safer to hit that on the field, you know, cause you know, changing directions, the chaos of, of sport, you know, it's, it's super demanding. So if you're able to condition your body to be more familiar with these, these positions, it can be, be really beneficial. So you can have longevity and you can keep doing what you love. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. That's so great. So, Man, I'm just grateful, grateful that everything lined up. You, it's so funny. You're like gonna be right across the street. Yeah, we'll be right know, across training. the street. Yeah. So, uh, but people are gonna burn. they're gonna miss this one. But you know, yeah, just stay we'll up to back. date with you guys. Yeah. You know, hit the website. Mm -hmm. And man, I'm just I'm grateful to the little Swolzer, You know, who was <laughs> like, I'm gonna get this together. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying to start to seek out and learn and to experiment to put yourself in mm -hmm. tough situations. Oh yeah. You know, and That's how we grow. Yeah, and become the person you are, man. And then transitioning that into the relationship that you're fostering and sharing with yep. the rest of the world too. That's really inspiring. Like you guys are straight teaching together, man. It's really yeah, awesome. Yeah, so. I remember I first met her. That's like what I envisioned. Like, man, she's dope. You know, we we like a lot of the same things. I bet you know we could travel the country together and yeah. and show our love to other people. You know, and, and coach and spread it. And it's been great so far. Looking yeah. forward to keep doing it and keep uh, maybe go international next year and just keep keep inspiring. Yeah, you got fans all over the place, man. So final question: What is the model that you're here to set in the world with the way you live your life personally? It's just having you know no fear. You know, don't be afraid of what everybody else thinks about you. You know, if you're doing this funny looking exercise in the gym or you're picking up a new hobby that you think your friends might think you're goofy for doing. Uh, if you need to mix it up to give your give your headspace uh, some time off from work or from the stuff that you do every day that can kind of get repetitive and boring, do it. You know, you do what you need to do to to stay stay with it and stay stay mentally healthy. Just because you know we all get tired of doing the same things and it can it can take its toll. Like for example, like I love working out. But when it's your job, you know, you can kind of start hating it or not liking it. Um, so it's a fine, fine balance between reading books, uh, working on art, even playing video games or watching a cool show to help you stay well-rounded, not just physically, but mentally so that you can keep putting your, your best effort into, into your, your stuff that you like to do. Yeah, love it, dude. Can you share again where people can connect with you? online, your website, and also on social media. Yeah, you guys can check me out at ericleha.com or Primal Soldier on Instagram. Uh, you can find all, all my information on there. Hope to see you at a workshop or if you want, train with me online. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, bro, hey, for coming thank you. in. Thanks for Appreciate having me. It. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I know I did. And I just love how you know, things come together, you know, it's not an accident. Like he's just right across the street and we bumped into each other several times at, on it. And, um, you know, just seeing somebody who's taking action in the world, like nobody gave him permission to do the stuff he's doing. He took it upon himself to put this out there and even started off with just like, this is silly. You know, he thought that he tried to make the silliest name possible. And now it's like how countless people around the world see him, you know, and it's become something that's really inspired people. And it's become, you know, this brand and this movement. And this is what's possible for all of us. You've got to understand, like, nobody's going to give you permission to do the things that you're here to do. You've got to take it upon yourself and decide. And also one of the things that is really special that I'm picking up and, and, and seeing in his story is the fact that 
he he made it a mandate to learn from the best, right? So spending time and with the uh, with the animal flows, like who's the best person in space? Who's the person who like made it a thing and learning from that person, and then implementing it and giving it his own flavor. And the same thing, you know, with the with the fighting, like he put himself, he immersed himself into that world, spent time with fighters, and extracted valuable gifts that then show up in the work that he's doing as well. And so again, two things. Sign your own permission slip and make it a mandate to learn from the best. All right. If you got a lot of value out of this, please make sure to share this out with your friends and family on social media. Tag me, tag Eric. Let him know what you thought about the episode. We've got some powerhouse stuff coming your way soon. So make sure to be ready. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you've got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.